Alright, go. What's going on, guys and gals? Welcome to episode 50 of the WorkPrints Gamescast, brought to you by theworkprint.com. As always, I'm your host, Rob, and I'm being joined by the only man willing to host co-host a podcast with me every week, Bilal. What's up, Bilal? Not much. I can't believe we're back at 50 for the third time. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I was going to make a comment about we're at episode 50, and I think I've hosted 101 of these. So Yeah. No, it's uh, it, I'm glad to be back, um, and it's it's an interesting week, uh, to say the least, because I feel like not m- much has happened in the world of gaming this past week. Yeah, it's been. I mean, there's been some stuff, but it hasn't yeah. been anything major. I'd say nothing yeah. that maybe warrants doing an hour long podcast. But here we are anyway. Yeah, I think we might actually set our record for our shortest podcast. <laughs> Saying this, this will end up being three hours. <laughs> oh, no, 100%. You know you 100% jinx this. Look, to kick it off, I'm going to go ahead and get into what I've been playing because I have a short list. We, talk about, we talked about Outriders last week and the fact that we were enjoying it. At this point, I know that uh, yourself and I have both beat the campaign. And I loved and love that game. I still go in. I'm, I haven't done much of the end game content yet, the expeditions and stuff like that, because now I'm going into my friends' games and helping them finish the the story and the campaign and just grinding higher world tiers. Because when I played it solo, I wasn't a madman and I dropped the world tier down a little bit so that the game was still enjoyable. Yeah. Um. I. Yeah. I mostly played it solo. Um. There was a. There's. I think there was one point where I decided to jump in with randoms. I opened it up. I just joined the random team. I think this is around the Dune section of uh, um, Outriders. And it was, it wasn't like playing with friends because like I was, I like doing all the side quests as I go through the map and they yeah. were just like mainlining um, the world, the, uh, the main, main story. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I like, my world tier was higher as well. So I kept on playing it at max. There's a few points where I dropped it uh, down. And I was yeah. usually around the bullet spongy or, or armor heavy boss fights. Um, yeah. I, I won't lie. I was I ended the game around world tier 12. I was on the final boss. Spent 25 minutes making my way through it. Got to like the second phase. And then I get one shotted out of nowhere. And it starts and, you off at the beginning of the first phase. And it, yeah, and it starts yeah. you off right at the beginning of the first phase. I had to be at my in-laws in t- like in 15 minutes. Like I had to leave, and I was like, I was like, oh, this sucks. Like I was like, no, I literally dropped it down to world tier one. What in there? And it was I deleted it. And like I think like we may not have mentioned this, but that's like one of the cool things about this game. It's like you can control the difficulty, and then like it just adjusts the rewards for you. There's no you know there's no um, downside to actually lowering the world tier outside of like you might not get a higher drop rate for legendary gear but you could still get it there's still a probability but um you know it was it was like a cool thing uh to do just to see the end of the game uh and then i just instantly went back and bumped it right back up yeah no and especially considering that this is the type of game where you can go back in there and grind for your gear later and play the expeditions play the side quests later that i did the same thing i was actually streaming the campaign, the second half of the campaign. That's why I was playing solo. And I had the world tier somewhere around six, seven, eight, somewhere in that for most of the game. And then when I got to that final boss, I had to drop it down. I tried on that tier. And then even at that tier, it was a a nightmare. So I ended up dropping it down to world tier three and I beat it. And it still wasn't the easiest fight at world tier three. And so it's interesting because like, I'm not, 
I don't want to compare it to like Bloodborne or Dark Souls, but like there are certain anime because like it, the fights aren't that complex. I mean, you're literally just right. shooting at an enemy, but there's like the dodge mechanic in Outriders has a really good timing mechanic to it. It's like it's like you need to know when to dodge. Like sometimes they charge up their uh, ability, and you'll see the that bar charging, but you need to know like exactly when it will hit you and where to dodge and when to dodge. Uh, it, it's it's not rocket science, but like it's not something I tend to see in um, shooters a lot. So it it was like a little nice break. I still think. I can't really call a shooter where I've actually had a good boss fight. <laughs> That's not just like, it's a bullet sponge. Like, I kind of wish there was more mechanics to it. But the, I, I just think the entire game, as you play through it, it's the throwing in the abilities, trying to heal, um, managing the adds. It's even like at a solo level, this is, there's nothing quite like it. Uh, and I think that's why Outriders is still something I'm going back to. And I might do all the achievements because it's not that far out of my grasp. <laughs> Uh, well, listen, speaking of achievements, I haven't been playing much outside of Outriders, but I have a little friendly competition between uh, my buddy Garrett, who I think I mentioned on the podcast before, where at the end of 2020, I had mentioned possibly us competing on the weekly gamer score leaderboard. Not weekly, sorry, monthly. And maybe even possibly pinning some money on the line, whatever. Nobody <laughs> else seemed enthused about it. And mind you, I have significantly higher gamer score than any of them but none of them were enthused about it so i didn't pay any mind to it and i just went about playing my games as i normally do and i told you during the pandemic i found myself playing a lot of um games that like comfort food right your apex yeah. legends your dead by daylight it's just multiplayer games where we're going in and we're basically hanging out you know more than anything else and so they're games that i've already got the achievements in at some point in february there was like a week left and he has the audacity to say that I've been slacking, that he had beat me in January and was beating me in February as well. Is this why he's been playing The Walking Dead? Okay. So, <laughs> so March comes around and I take full offense to that because I didn't know we were doing this. This man is secretly competing. He's running a race I didn't even know started. And so I demolish him in March. And then I'm like five six hundred points ahead of him and i see him in in april and i see him playing telltale's the walking dead collection <laughs> i even saw him at one point playing uh pixar a disney adventure and so i had to text him i was like you've got your kid getting you achievement points now like <laughs> you know it's not his kid his kid's just next to him just there for oh i i told him he was he, i was talking to him and he said he's like yeah you know he enjoyed playing it with the playstation controller in his hand <laughs> And I, so, was, I was really confused because I was like, we're all playing Outriders and like we're all just trying to get through this campaign, but Garrett's playing The Walking Dead. Like, what's going on here? That being said, I also think that Garrett is playing that game when he's away from home through like remote play Ooh. on his phone. Yeah. Which that's the perfect kind of game, right? It really is. Something like that. So this was last night I saw we were talking about it and that, you know, he's starting to creep back up and he's closed the gap a little bit. So today I went ahead and found some games that I could grab some, you know, significant amount of gamer score in. And so today alone, in the span of about mm, two hours and 30 minutes, I've picked up 1,500 gamer score. Jesus. And so I'm not going to name the names of those games because I, he does listen to the podcast 
At least I hope he does. And I don't need him to then go and find these games and play them as well. I mean, he could just look at your profile if you want. You know, to. you know, I almost went today. I was looking at my privacy settings, trying to figure out how to hide. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. This is how ridiculous this is. Um, but yeah, and so. Uh, but I actually enjoyed one of the games that I played. So I'll go ahead and mention it anyway. I played this point-and-click adventure the little acre which is available on game pass and i played it actually on my phone through the cloud streaming okay and it's only like a two-hour game it's the art style is it's very very pretty it's a very cute game i enjoyed it actually a lot more than i i thought i was going to um i also played a little bit of tetris connected right is that what is that that's what tetris effect tetris effect connected thank you and mostly I was playing that because I wanted to see if I could pick up a couple of achievement points, you know, fairly quickly. But also I had played it when it first came out and then fell off of it. And I really enjoyed it when it first came out. And I thought, oh, I have these new headphones. I set the music, the equalizer to music. And I can just, I can just play. And it was glorious. Was it a spiritual experience? Oh, it was so good. I mean, I also was playing at like 1 a.m. So... I was totally in the right mindset for it. And it, oh man, it was so, so good. A great pair of headphones with that game. There's like nothing like it. And like, especially if you're doing like that campaign mode, um, you kind of just hit that trance effect of just, you just go through one level into the next and yep. the next. Yep. Um, did you ever play the multiplayer mode for Tetris Effect? Yeah, I love the multiplayer. So I played a lot of the 3v, like the PVE. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I like that mode quite a bit. I didn't have to play much of the competitive just because it's kind of hard to get my friends to play mm. with me because I enjoy Tetris more than they do. I'm also better than they are. And so, and it's also kind of limiting in that I believe last time I checked that the versus was just a one-on-one, right? Be, yeah. yeah. I think if you're looking for competitive Tetris, I think Puyo Puyo Tetris 2 yeah. might be the right, right game uh, to pick up. I actually need to grab that because Puyo Puyo Tetris 1 on the Nintendo Switch has been uh, my buddy and I's competitive Tetris game to go to um, and so I definitely need to pick up two for whenever uh, we hang out next. This guy is as we are recording right now this guy is playing The Walking Dead. I'm going to lose it. Can I give you a recommendation? Sure. Donut, what's up? Donut County. I already, I already <sighs> played and beat it. I beat it in February before I knew this was going to be a thing. <laughs> Oh man, I mean, I'm trying to think the last game, the Just last to... games I did were Dragon Quest, which took way yeah. too long. <laughs> so what I still what I still have in my pocket, if I need to pull it out as a nuclear option, is I have that second season of the Telltale Batman series that I never played, never beat, and I've I just been kind of saving it for this moment. So we'll see. You're, but you're such a big Batman fan. I'm actually surprised you didn't dive into that. I think I, I'm a big Batman fan. I'm a big joker fan and he seems to be the focus of this second season i'm also a huge telltale fan but at some point that engine just got too old for its own good and Mm -hmm. so it became more frustrating than enjoyable for me and so i was kind of just burnt out and so i needed a break and then it's always been installed on my console because i always say i'm going to get back to it and i just haven't yet and so now i keep it as my nuclear option for a quick a thousand achievement points if i need (laughs) i i I like looking back at my achievement list as you're talking and i'm like it's telltale games it might be like a a short indie game like valiant hearts 
and then it's something ridiculous like Destiny Assassin's Creed. Oh my god! Um, yeah, I have I have lost my mind apparently when it comes to open world games, and I'm I'm kind of in that rough spot right now where, um, you know, I am done technically with Outriders. I'm still gonna play through for the expeditions, but I want I have like I'm still working through Yakuza Seven. Uh, Christian, who writes for the Workprint and the Gamer, uh, I gifted him. Persona 5 Royal last year during the pandemic and I was like I was like dude this game is for you you already spent endless amounts of times in games so this is just right up your alley I think this is exactly what you need he finally started it up yesterday and I'm just like oh I should get back into it as well so I can uh, uh, talk with him about it um I just have to refresh my memories on it because I still need to play the Royal yeah, listen um, I can't I can't say anything I've I'm playing older games still to this day I we're talking about achievement points I just looked I played Smite yesterday for the i don't know thousandth day in a row or whatever <laughs> but and i'm at 2700 achievement points in that game because they keep adding achievement points every time they release characters and i also started playing rainbow six siege again recently just out of the blue uh one of my buddies wanted to play and that game is it's unbelievable that the lifespan and the tale that that game has had is it too late to get into that game no it's not just, every t- i just hear I mean, I guess any online community is toxic, but, like, I feel like I've seen a lot of, like, there's League of Legends, there's Dota, and then there's, like, Rainbow Six Siege. (laughs) Yeah, I think they've done a good job at trying to curb the toxicity in that game. It used to be a situation where there was a ton of team killing, Mm -hmm. right? And now, once you've done a certain amount of damage, you basically turn on reverse fire. So, if you shoot at a teammate, the bullets just ricochet back to you. You take the damage. That's pretty cool. Yes. And so, I can't even imagine what it was like to program that feature. Right. And so, no, I think they've done a decent job. I'm also playing with my friends in a party, so I'm not communicating with anybody else outside of yeah. it. And I don't think it's too late to get into it. There are a ton of characters, but at the end of the day, it's still, hey, get the headshot. Right. Yeah. And so the biggest hurdle is just losing, uh, learning the maps. Yeah. Um, so outside of that... Um, I started playing, I think I might have mentioned on here, but I started playing Hades on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And I'm not very far in. I played for about an hour. For the most part, roguelikes don't click with me. It's just one of those genres that for whatever reason I can't get into. I would much rather play a difficult platformer or metroidvania than a, a roguelike. This one, between the story elements, the fact that I love super giant games as a whole, the art, the combat that is there, and the fact that there my problem with some roguelikes is that when you die, you don't feel like you are actually getting stronger, right? Yeah. Whereas in this one you actually like I already feel like I am getting stronger every single time. So there aren't so far there aren't any wasted runs for me. Yeah. And so I'm enjoying that so far but i haven't gotten that far in yet so we'll see if i actually stick with it for once yeah and i think hades was a game that i really enjoyed and like i remember getting to the first boss of the first area and going how the hell am i supposed to do this and then three runs later i beat the first boss and i got to the second boss and beat it on my first try and i was like i was like i'm unstoppable um but i i think where it gets difficult i think it took me 28 runs for my first clear um 
is when you get to that third and fourth area, those runs, like, they add, the time it takes to get that far adds up. And so, like, you can have a great run, then get to a boss, and just, like, just not have the right boons, the right uh, upgrades uh, that are working in your favor. And you're just like, ugh. It, it, it's just disappointing because it, it, it takes a lot of energy out of you. So you're just like, okay, that's it. And then you'll pick it back up. And sometimes you'll have runs or days where you just do five runs in a row, get to the final boss, and you're just like, God damn it, I just I can't uh, break through. Um, yeah, because like, even after that first clear, I still haven't gotten my second. Uh, but uh, it's it's a fantastic game, and I'm really excited to see how long it takes you um, to get that first ending. Um, have you been playing anything else? I mean, that's pretty much it for me. No, it's been a weirdly busy week with work. I, I, I like, I know I've been playing Outriders a bit. There was that one night yeah, where you wanted to help me out, and I didn't realize my room was set to private, and I was stuck in a boss fight as well. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's just mostly been Outriders this week. I've been trying to. I was gonna play Persona Five Royal, and then I ran into a really annoying PS Five issue. Um, oh, yeah. before before you mention that, speaking of PS5s, the, I guess, big release recently would be that Oddworld Soulstorm game. Yes. And I actually have that downloaded, installed, but just haven't gotten to it. So hopefully by this time next week, I'll have some impressions in that. What happened with your PS5? All right. So I, like, I have a more of a bias to Microsoft. Uh, I just, like, I had the 360. The PS3 was my, like, Sony exclusive console. And so, like, even last generation, as great as Sony did, uh, you know, I did most of my gaming on the Xbox One. I played the Sony exclusives on the PS4. Uh, and so in Microsoft's environment, like, if you own a game on disc um, and then you install it off the disc, it's on your console, you put the disc in to play it. For whatever reason, if you get that game digitally uh, in the future, you can just launch <laughs> it. You can just launch it. And so I... Sorry, I know exactly So this is I, going. I uh, had Persona 5 Royal on uh, on disc, and so it was on sale um, for a digital, and I was like, let me grab this because I don't like keeping the disc in the PS5 because it randomly just, like, you hear it spin up uh, yes. throughout the day. And I yep. was just like, I, I, why is it doing that? Why is it, the PS5 is not even supposed to be on? Uh, yep. Why is it doing that? So I took the disc out, and I was like, well, I'll just have a digital version. So I, I bought it. I went in to go launch it, and it's like, hey, put a disc in. I was like, no, I own it digitally. And... It turns out I had to delete the the physical it, it, installation, yeah, yeah and, and redownload. Yeah, it makes zero sense. Yep, yep. <laughs> that happens to it, me it was, too. It's baffling. I don't, I don't understand. I know I'm in like in the, well, in a rare situation where it probably doesn't happen frequently, but like, why does it? Why does the licensing work like that? They should have just cross-checked it at some point. Yeah, no. I mean, that is a, a terrible system as far as that specific use case is concerned and it's one of those things where i think microsoft with the launch of this generation and don't get me wrong both these consoles have their issues and some of them are some features are a little half-baked right we i mean when microsoft first came quick resume was only working for a handful of games and they're slowly getting better and having compatibility across the board but even that messes up sometimes for me Right. Yeah. Oftentimes when I was playing Crash Bandicoot, if I quick resumed that, I would have no audio in the game. Yeah. And so then I have to close it out, open it back up. But the PS5, the X, the Series X and the Series S, 
makes certain things so seamless. It's and the PS Five is such a chore for the exact same things. Yeah, it's like this is and this is where I give Microsoft credit. Like when Phil Spencer came in uh, last generation and he took over, he was laying that groundwork and like people gave him shit because he he people are like, where are the games? And you know, it's still. It's still open criticism, like, where are those games? And, like, right. You know, they, they're making the moves. Uh, the moves are great. Um, but, you know, this generation, you know, I, I was hoping maybe this year we'd see something. I don't know if that will still be the case. I think we still get Halo, but um, the I, games will come, I think, yeah. in 2022, 2023. I think we'll um, still get, I think there's there's got to be at least one more coming yeah. this year. But, like, what they did in the background was, like, they they expanded out the feature set, what, like, it meant to be a gamer. Like, cloud saves on the Xbox One from the get-go, like, I, I was trying to figure out when I got my Xbox One where my saves were saved. And I had to, like, go online and be like, I'm like, because I was like, why is this? And I went to my cousin's house, I logged in, and my, I picked up my save. And I was like, yeah. this is insane. Like, it, it's so seamless. But, like, when I moved my content from PS4 to PS5, I had to make sure everything was backed up into PS Plus. I had to manually do it. And it's just like, I shouldn't have to do this. So when I decided I was going to get the PS5 and actually got it, I ended up selling my PS4 Pro to my neighbor at a very affordable price like a steal and i ended up picking up ghost of tsushima digitally i had owned it physically and i had actually given it to him as part of the package i ended up picking it up digitally because we wanted to do the raids me and a a couple buddies and so i go to launch it and i go into the legends mode and I see that there are all these cosmetics that are unlocked by progressing through the story. And I see that all of mine are locked. And then I go and I check out the campaign progress and it's starting me from the very beginning. And I realize that I didn't manually upload my save to the PlayStation Network through PlayStation Plus. So I had to call my neighbor and say, hey, listen, I need you to, you to turn on the PlayStation, log into my account that's still on there. And do this, 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 and this, and please upload that save. And he's like, "All right, don't worry, I got you." So I ended up getting it. But if I had traded that to a GameStop, forget about it. It's gone. I'm like, it's lost. I'm more shocked that you sold a PlayStation and didn't delete your profile or reformat it to factory mode. Well, no, it's uh, my neighbor is also a good family friend. So okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, but, it's yeah, it, it, and like with the news of what Sony announced. Um, today about these a new software update that launches tomorrow. It's just like I saw many people being excited as well as people going, I still can't get a console. Um, but right. but for me, a lot of these features just seem like catch up. Like this is what yeah. should have been part of it. So let's go ahead and get right into yeah. it. So you can go over to the PlayStation blog and their big headline for the day is that first major PS5 console update lets you store PS5 games on USB extended storage. Share gameplay across PS5 and PS4 consoles and more. Now, the two that I want to highlight is the USB storage. So just like the Series X, which allows you to have Series X games in what is essentially cold storage on an external USB drive, you can now do that with the PS5 as well. And like you said, this is them playing catch up. Which goes back to my point of some of these features coming out a little bit half-baked at launch. Especially when you consider just how small and how quickly that PS5 internal hard drive fills up. So you're, it, you're talking about... It's ab- really like 
What was it? Eight hundred? No. It's eight twenty five. Yeah. Is what it is, but with the system with the reservation reservations, makes, right. Yeah. It makes it down to like six sixty two yeah. or something like that. And so and don't get me wrong, the Series X doesn't have that much more right of actual usable space, but they allowed you in the very beginning to have this cold storage option. And they had, albeit expensive, a solution for adding more internal solution that you could actually run your games off of. And while it is a very, very expensive solution, it's a solution nonetheless, and it works seamlessly. It. It's so good. It's it, it, you just pop it in and you yeah. forget it's there. I mean, there's a very there's a situation where if these things ever drop down in price to say like a hundred and twenty dollars for a terabyte for those, where I basically put labels on them, one, two, three, and just keep a journal of what games are installed in there and just pull them out, put them in. There's just one that's labeled Call of Duty Warzone. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, after the story, remind me to get into my, my Call of Duty Warzone story. So this now is adding that feature, and it is a great feature, right? Because while, yes, you could just delete and re-download, Transferring it back and forth this way is much, much faster than having to download and, and install, especially since the PlayStation 5 is kind of weird. Their download speeds have gotten much better across the PSN, but the way that it still copies and installs and it makes it breaks it up into multiple segments versus Microsoft solution, which is just as that progress bar is it downloading and installing. Yeah, I, I haven't run into that copying and installing thing, but then again, I don't play uh, games that get frequent updates on uh, the system. So yeah. it's all happening in the background for me. Um, but this, uh, if you currently have a PS4 with the USB, uh, PS5 with a USB drive to play PS4 games, that works? What works? Yeah, like PS4 games off a hard drive? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I just, ne I never had one for the PS4. I would just delete whatever I wasn't playing at the time. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm the same way. I was very much yeah. in the same situation as you were for the most part. While I, I think the Sony consoles are fantastic consoles and they release great games, I just prefer the Xbox controller for one. Mm -hmm. And all my friends are in that ecosystem and Game Pass. So that's where I play most of my, you know, third party games. The other feature that's coming that I want to highlight is the cross-generation share play. And now this doesn't probably doesn't seem like a big deal. And it's not going to be a big deal for a lot of people, but uh, Sony has this cool feature on the PS4 and the PS5 where you can share your screen with a visitor. Okay. You can also allow them to play as you, right? So they can try out your game up until this point. It only worked in the same generation. Now I did not know this. I found out this out the hard way. Because I, this past fall, I beat Bloodborne and some of my buddies hadn't beat it yet. And so I was really excited about it and they were talking about playing it. And so I was like, when you play it, tell me, I'll come in. You can, we can do share play. I can watch you, right? I'm, I'm not even going to talk to you while it's going on. I just want to watch you play, right? And then found out that you couldn't do it cross-generation, me on the PS5, him on the PS4. So this for me is a cool, exciting new feature. I mean, th there's been situations where I've been playing a game and a friend has been like, hey, how is that game? Yeah. And it's one of those things where I, I like it. I don't know if you will, right? Because our tastes are a little different. This is one of those things where you could just let them take a look or you could actually virtually pass the controller off for them 
to them and they can try it. I think this is a, a cool feature and hopefully something that gets implemented elsewhere and on other consoles, honestly. Yeah, no, that it it's something that I've known is there, haven't messed with. I have done the, I'll have my cousin share on the PS5, it shares a uh, screen, yeah. essentially, and I watched him play Demon Souls, because uh, he got to, like, uh, the Maneater boss, and I, he was having difficulty with it, so I literally coached him through <laughs> over party chat as I watched him play, and it's, like, it's actually pretty neat on the PS5, like, I think this is one of the cool things they did, like, the picture-in-picture mode, where you could, like, put somebody else's, like, live stream in the little corner as yeah. you play, yep. it's it's actually really neat, and so we were playing, both playing Demon Souls, and I was just keeping an eye on his progress, um, it's like they have some cool functionality yeah it doesn't build up the feature but it's pretty neat if you want to like quickly share um so i'm actually really curious to try this out with uh, a couple of my cousins to see if uh, they'll be interested yeah besides that there's also some quality of life updates if you want to find out everything that's being brought tomorrow when this update hits just head over to the playstation blog the, the one I do quickly want to point out, which I don't really understand, is game update preload. <laughs> and I'll, I'll read it exactly from the blog. Once it's enabled by developers, title updates for games will pre-download to your console if the automatic update setting is enabled and your console is on or in rest mode. This will let you start playing the latest version of the game immediately upon the update's release. Shouldn't they be doing that anyway? Yeah, I don't know how... I mean, this is essentially the same as us being able to preload games as is, right? Yeah. So part of me wonders is if maybe there is like an extra step, like a, a one last step before they push these things live. Um, or if it's just a matter of the way they have it set up so that it launches at the same time across territories. I, I saw this as well. And was like, I guess that's cool. I don't know if that's going to impact <laughs> how that's actually going to impact me on a day-to-day basis. But, yeah. I mean. Interesting to say the least. Yeah. Uh, got into the point where game updates are bigger than most video games. Oh, okay. So good. So actually, now that you mentioned that, let me talk about my Warzone story. So last week, I go to pop into Warzone to play with a friend of mine where that's really the only game he plays and he's been kind enough to download apex and play that recently with me and he's just getting his teeth kicked in because of skill-based matchmaking i am the people i'm playing against are not the people he would be playing against if he was playing by himself so i was like you know what i'll come play warzone with you and it tells me i need to make an activision account and then I check my phone and I search Activision to see what my login, maybe I'm, I, you know, something happened. I got to just re-log in. And I see that at 6 a.m. that day, I had gotten an email that my email address had been changed for my account. Yeah. Which is weird because I have two-factor on everything. But, I've you know, this Activision account I've had for so long that maybe I've had it for as long as two-factor wasn't really an issue then or a thing. And so someone went in there, got into my account, changed the email address. And that's all they had to do is change the email address. There wasn't a confirmation or verification. And now I've lost everything as far as my activation. All my progress. Any, what? Yeah. Luckily, I don't pour money into 
the Call of Duty games, but all my progress, so I'm back to one. I've got no loadouts. I've got nothing leveled up. And I had to, the process to try to get it back is I had to make a new account, then send a support ticket saying that, you know, this unauthorized change had been made. And then I get an automatic response that says they anticipate my issue to be resolved within 10 business days. So that's two weeks on a game that, you know, for the most part, these battle royales rely on you being engaged on a fairly regular basis in order to hopefully spend money on a battle pass. And yeah, I have not been able to play for, you know, a week and a half now. And I have no idea if it's ever going to get fixed. Well, you're, uh, let's hope they didn't do anything nefarious with it because they just announced on Sunday that they banned 475,000 accounts. Yeah, so um, I, I saw that, and I'm telling you right now that if it's 475,000 accounts, it's probably less than 100,000 actual players because yeah. it is so easy to just, because it's free, it's so yeah. easy to just make another account, go right back in there. So this, them touting their horn, like, you know, about banning this many accounts means nothing in reality this is the number should be in the millions right <laughs> um the fact that this they have to go out there and, and ban these accounts when because they don't have any sort of actual viable anti-cheat that just stops them from playing right once it recognizes it is ridiculous at this point i mean this company and this franchise is how big you know and yeah. so i don't know it's insane luckily i'm not good enough to be at a tier where i run into hackers and cheaters often so it doesn't impact me that much but it is ridiculous and that number means nothing to me all it means is that there are a lot of people who just want to ruin the game for other people i mean maybe it's a blessing that you don't need to play warzone ever again i mean that's what i said <laughs> I said, it, at least it gives me a valid excuse for not playing this game. I mean, I, I do get it, though. I, I never liked the idea of any of my accounts getting hacked. I like being in control. Uh, my wife is a, you know, she works in internet security. So she, you know, two-factor is a, uh, like, it, it's a must. Yeah. She, I mean, she was on me to change my, uh, our, like, as soon as we moved in to change the Wi-Fi password for our router, she's like, make sure you change. You know what? Like, yeah. You know what's funny is I, ever since Fortnite got big, mm-hmm. right? I get emails like once a month saying, "Hey, are you trying to log in right now?" Because I have two factor set up on that. Or, "Hey, we noticed some shady activity going on. Is this you?" You know, and so it was just kind of a shock. Like I said, I tend to not tend as a rule of thumb. I have two factor on everything. Yeah. And the more security measures, the better, in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, it, it's and just as a heads up to folks out there, like sometimes those emails you do receive, just pay attention to the address that sent it. I was and, I was just teaching my son this the other day. Yeah. I was like, you see this email? Look how real it looks. As if I was like, but when you click this and you see what the actual email address is, that's how you can tell it's a scam. 
Yeah, it's it. There's a lot of phishing attempts to get more and more sophisticated. Some of them, some of them are just plain up like you laugh at it because you like you can just tell. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. some of, some of them are like you, like my mom got one from PayPal. She's like, I didn't buy this, and like it looked like an official PayPal email. But then like there's text at the bottom that or at the top that goes, if you did not make this purchase, make sure to let us know by clicking on this link. And I was like, I was like mom, like, yeah. don't tell me you clicked that link. She's like, no, I did it. She's like, you taught me not to. I was yeah. like, okay, good. Um, and yeah, no, it's you gotta be careful. Even even SMS verification uh, can be hacked uh, very easily. I mean, uh, people can intercept text messages nowadays. The technology is out there to do that. I know phone companies are switching how they send out text messages as well because there's a lot of spam uh, happening in that field nowadays. So I mean, just be careful. Get a Google Authenticator. Back up your recovery codes. Uh, have a good plan of action and don't be lazy on that stuff. You might be young, you might be like, "What? This doesn't matter." But then, like, but think about it: an account you create today, the account I created twenty years ago, is still in use today, and it has so much yep. tied to it: money, history, all these games. It, like that email address. Do I wish it was different? <laughs> yes, but uh, you know, that's why I'm going to be setting up my own child's email address so they don't have something embarrassing um, to look back on. <laughs> And so, actually, to get into our next news story, since I mentioned all this two-factor and I mentioned Fortnite and Epic, the way they've been ha- they handle that stuff, um, it looks like Fortnite is adding Aloy from your favorite Sony girl. Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> Listen, I love Aloy. I just don't love the game she's in. All right, uh, Ashley Birch is one of my favorite voice actresses. Period. So, oh, is that our okay? And so, yes. uh, yeah, I, th- I feel like I know where you're going to segue into <laughs> after this. But so besides uh, skin, glider, harvest tool, weapon wrap, basically besides the stuff we saw from last season where everybody was coming in, right, they're also going to have a new limited time mode called Team Up, where it's a duo mode where one player is chosen to play as Aloy and another person is chosen to play as Laura. Aloy will only be able to use her bow in the mode and Lara will only use her signature signature dual pistols. And so I think that, I mean, say what you will about Fortnite. Me personally, people have just gotten too good. At, these kids are just too good at the game. Anytime I get into a build fight, I get motion sickness and want to throw up from the cranking yeah, 90s. It, it, it's, it's too fast. I wish like there was like a build limit yes. that was set like... X amount of pieces per second or something. Or just give me a mode where there's no building, please. Tell me I can only build ramps. And, but I will say is what I do love is, and people criticize for this, is it basically is my childhood toy box, right? Where I'm, they're getting all these characters in and it's just action figures slamming against each other. And I love that. I mean, the more crossovers, I wish more games did this. I wish they had the level of attention that is, is put into these characters for the most part. And as far as the limited time mode, I mean, I might give this a try. And I like that Fortnite is willing to do that, willing to constantly have new rotating modes in that are drastically different than just a normal Battle Royale formula. So let me let me pitch you something here. You mentioned this was your toy box. So Epic Games releases this base. It's USB 
and you plug it in and you buy these figures and you put them on the base and you get to play as that character in Fortnite. You can either save the world or enter Battle Royale. I don't know, maybe you got Disney characters like the Lone Ranger or Jack Skellington. Are you looking at my... Okay, no, the camera's not pointing at it. Listen, stop making fun of my Disney Infinity collection. Disney Infinity died too soon. Mm-hmm. Okay, there was a lot of great ideas that could have been done with it. The they figures, the figures, are some of the best looking they video are. game figures. Period. All right. I still have, I still have all my figures. I refuse to give them away. Oh yeah, no. Like especially the Star Wars ones are amazing. The Star Wars ones, they did such a good job. I with. feel like I have all the Star Wars and all the Marvel, every single oh, one. God, I forgot about them. I don't think I got the Marvel ones. I oh, them, that. they're so good. All they're of them so are so good. so good. Like I. Uh, I don't know if they will, but they should bring it back. But they need to, like, Disney printed like twenty million like Hulks, and like they're like, who's gonna buy that? When many, when know? they decided to give up on Disney Infinity as a game as a platform, right? They shouldn't have given up on the figures, and they mm-hmm. should have just done the Amiibo route. Where, hey, in this in Marvel uh, Avengers. Hulk. Right, you can scan the character, and now you've unlocked one skin or whatever for that. That's exclusive to these figures, and they could have continued to sell these figures and and milk it. I mean, with all the movie releases, they could have released the same figures they had just in different costumes. You know, I think it was it Guardians of the Galaxy ones that they showed the concept for that never released. Oh no, I have the Guardian ones. There's one, I forget what, what it was, but they had the like concept for ones that never came out. And I was like, they look so good. Yeah, and I, no, wish I don't remember. Happened. Could you imagine Mandalorian, Disney Infinity? Oh, yeah, that would have been so good, man. Uh, they, like, I, I don't know why they didn't do it. They could give Funko a run for their money. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, that, that basically wraps up the, the Fortnite news. So, I had mentioned Ashley Birch. Yeah. And speaking of Ashley Birch... Um, I don't know what you did in the early aughts of the pandemic last year, but one of the shining, um, maybe not beacons, but maybe like a flashlight, uh, was Apple TV's Mythic Quest, uh, which stars Ashley Birch as a QA uh, tester, uh, as well as uh, a bunch of other great comedians. And it's coming back for season two on May 7th. so just a couple of weeks, and I'm actually really pumped to have the show back. They did a, you know, season one launch. It was, it started off a little bit rough, and then it got better by the end. But the characters really were well done. Yeah, uh, I, I would say. And then they had that one spectacular one shot episode in between somewhere that season. So like, I I know they can do something. And then they did a COVID pandemic episode as well that really nailed that they had figured out the characters and how to tell their story. So I'm really excited for season two. Uh, if you haven't watched the first season, it's about a video game studio that creates an MMO run by an Elon Musk-esque <laughs> um, CEO. Um, so it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it, it handles the gaming world stuff um, really well. Yeah, and see... Apple their partner t- with Ubisoft? Uh, uh, yes, Apple TV... Is like a no man's land for me. I hear great things about a lot of the shows. I'm really interested in watching like Ted Lasso. I want to watch Mythic Quest, but I'm just there's just no way I'm paying for another subscription right now. Listen, 
I'm pretty sure you can get a month free. I'll give you five dollars, Rob. <laughs> How about this? I'll demo you. I'll demo you five dollars. It's funny because you're the second person that talked to me about this today. I went into the office for a client meeting, and one of the other attorneys there, one of the partners, he mentioned that he had been watching something on Apple TV, and then he was like, "Also, Mythic Quest is coming back. I really think you would like that show. You should give the first season a shot." And I was like, "Ugh, I just don't want to pay for another subscription service." Blah blah. blah. And he's like, just do the free trial and binge it. Like, yeah. And so, it, I don't know. We'll it, see. It, it, it's a half hour. Uh, it's a half hour show. It goes by quick. Like, you can do this in, if you got like three, four hours, you could probably finish it in one sitting. Um, but Apple TV is like, secretly is like one of the best catered streaming services out there. Like, you don't hear it much, but like, as you start watching a lot of their shows, you're just like, holy shit, these like, all are really good yeah see my problem with doing the free trial is this is what happens is that i do the free trial then i like this stuff then I'll, i let it lapse and i go another month and then i'm trapped in this endless death loop of sorts so speaking of death loop <clears throat> <laughs> how long did you have that one play? <laughs> I, I literally just thought about it right before and i was like i gotta save this and get it out because i'm gonna be laughing and he's not gonna know what's going on so death loop has received another delay uh, originally slated to release on May, right? May 21st, I think. Uh, yes. It was uh, pushed back to... September 14th. Yes. And so... Um, yeah, it's one I of those things the- where we... think we talked about this last week when we were talking about Game Pass. and Or maybe it was two weeks ago, actually, when we were talking about microsoft in general and the bethesda purchase and oh i know what it was it was last week we're talking about the mlb the show being on game pass and how what a world weird world we live in and how sony's gonna have these two timed exclusives that are technically published by microsoft now since they bought bethesda and so it is a bummer but i like i said last time the reason that this is a bummer to me is now that means that the timed exclusive is pushing it releasing on Xbox even further, which means at some point, I mean, September, I might just have to suck it up and just play it on the PS five because I am excited about this and I was willing to wait, you know, a year from May till next May, but I don't know if I can wait until next fall. Right. Or however long the exclusivity is. Yeah. And like, I'm kind of like it. I agree with you. I really wanted this to come out in May because uh, I feel like I'd finish Resident Evil Village in a week and right. then I'd want something else to play. Right. Uh, but this gives me more time to work on the backlog because I don't know what else comes out. Uh, we should really, I think, maybe next podcast sit down and look at the release calendar for the year and see if there's anything. I mean, that's the uh, problem is that over. it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Because things I mean, are still going to get delayed. Things are still going to yeah. get announced and things are still going to get delayed. And things are going to get announced and delayed. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean I, and I don't blame them for delaying. Right, a hundred percent. Their their statement is, you know, we're committed to quality and preserving our team's ambitions for Deathloop while ensuring the health and safety of everyone at Arcane. You know, I hope this doesn't lead to a longer crunch period of sorts, because uh, that's usually what happens with delays. You're cr- crunching for May twenty first in this case, and now you're crunching till September fourteenth. Like, you know, I, I hope that's not the case. I hope it's just a nice, healthy environment. Um, I mean also I think everybody at this point understands that the pandemic happened. Yeah. That it's okay to delay your game because there I'm sure were roadblocks that you didn't anticipate when you first announced the first release date. 
And nobody, especially with what happened with Cyberpunk, nobody wants to see that happen again. I think gamers as a whole are more willing to accept a delay if it was worth it in the end, if the final product I, lives up to what it needs to be. I'd rather play the best possible version. Right. Like, if, if, Especially with games going up to $70 now, make sure it's ready. Yeah. Because I, like... If the reviews are saying it's like a nine and ten, I'll pick it up for seventy. If it's saying it's like seven or eight, hey, I'll I'll wait for it to drop on sale in two weeks when it's forty bucks. Yep. You know, it's the game prices drop so quickly now that um, if you want, if you want my seventy, you got to earn it. <laughs> and you pulled one more news story. I'll let you handle. Oh uh, yeah, um, two stories out of uh, Square Enix. Uh, Back on the 3DS, I played The World Ends With You, and I loved it. It was like kind of like my Persona before I knew what Persona was. Uh, you know, stylish music, really cool cast, character design. My uh, my younger brother raved about this game when it was on the 3DS, and he played it, and he loved it. And I never gave it a shot. And then it came to mobile devices fairly recently and Switch, and so I tried to play it on the mobile device and it just isn't wasn't like it just that's not how that's meant to be played and so i i just didn't get into it yeah no uh i also think there was like issues with the mobile version after a certain point where like it wasn't working on certain ios versions until they finally updated it Mm -hmm. and get it to work again but um they've announced the sequel neo the world ends with you it will be releasing uh, on July 27th for the Nintendo Switch, PS4, and uh, Windows PC version is also coming sometime this summer to the Epic Game Store. Uh, See, this I'm excited about because I do think that that world and that style is very cool and very much up my alley. I think the problem with the mobile port was that that's not how that game was originally intended to be played, yeah. right? It was, so, even on the, even on the, like, was it DS? It might have been the DS, the, yeah. bad, not the 3DS. Right, it was the like, DS, on, yeah. Yeah, on the DS, it was, it, it was still, it was complicated to play, so when I heard it came to mobile, I was like, how? Right. I, it doesn't make sense. And so <laughs> a game made ground up for the consoles we have now, especially, like, this feels like something that would be perfect on the Switch for me. Mm-hmm. The art style isn't something where I'm like, I need to play this on my 4K TV, right? I can take this with me and play it while I'm waiting for my daughter's gymnastics to end, right? And so uh, I'm excited about this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm curious to see it. I don't remember anything from that first game, uh, so I'm going to have to watch some sort of explainer before I go in. I think there's an anime they're releasing as well, so maybe I'll just watch the anime. <laughs> um, though I'm not usually a big fan of like how the Persona series has done their animes, but that's Atlas, so maybe Square has a better... Uh, standing under under them in terms of how to tackle this one. And then the final story for the week uh, came this morning. Finally, some more details on Final Fantasy VII Remake's Intergrade um, update. You know, Rob's <laughs> most excited update this summer. Hmm. And on the PS5, you'll be able to <laughs> preload your download for <laughs> the game update. Listen, I, um, I cannot believe, just to rewind a little bit, I cannot believe that they announce Final Fantasy VII Remake coming to PlayStation Plus. They announce Integrate. This is all in the same announcement, like in the same video. Mm -hmm. They announce Integrate being a free update for owners of Final Fantasy VII Remake, but not the PlayStation Plus version. 
Like, and, and PlayStation Plus version doesn't upgrade to integrate, by the way. Right. So right, <laughs> it, which is which is kind of crazy. Um, licensing for you. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I works. also love that this yeah. announcement came literally like less than a month after I finished Final Fantasy VII Remake for the first time. So, do yeah, so. What I wonder is when they finally release whatever the next one is, right? Will I be lost? I mean, <laughs> I'm already lost as it is. Will I be lost not playing this added content? I would say probably not. Maybe you might not know who Yuffie is, but I'll let you know later <laughs> this summer Thanks. Uh, when it releases on June 10th. There's also something in here that says... Uh, Let's say players who have purchased Final Fantasy VII Remake for the PS4 console will be able to download a free PS5 enhancement update that will include all the next-gen visuals and gameplay enhancements at no extra cost, um, and can purchase the new episode featuring Yuffie FF7 episode intermission as a standalone download for the PlayStation Store. So that's not bad. And the update itself is a twenty-dollar purchase which is the first time we're hearing about a price yes yeah, it seems meaty with two playable characters its own little campaign this is what and I, fully voiced actors this is what i mean yeah right so i played final fantasy 7 remake through gamefly and if i really want to i'll just rent it again it is what it is yeah right? but why not where's the logic in releasing that playstation plus version not letting them get that free update to the next gen version and allowing them to buy that content. I mean, chances are, if people are waiting or are getting it and only playing it now on that PlayStation Plus version, chances are they weren't going to buy it anyway, right? I mean, yeah, there's a couple situations where someone might have just happened to got a PlayStation and then are excited about that announcement and stuff like that. But think about how much more you could make from selling that you know, episode intermission to the PlayStation Plus users mm-hmm. especially if it's priced at somewhere like 15 20 dollars right i agree and like you know the crazy thing uh, i maybe i'm crazy here but like i kind of want to give square money for outriders <laughs> like i kind of want to like like i enjoy like I, I enjoyed it and like i you know maybe not the full 60 but maybe when that game comes out on sale for outriders i might be like here's 30 you know like i really enjoyed it <laughs> take it no um, I, I mean yeah i mean i think uh, we'll see how long outriders actually actually stays on game pass right because it could be a one month thing one month two month there. three month thing or yeah. whatever it is. i'm i'm telling you right now there's a very strong chance as long as they support this game and continue to release content that this is one of those few games where I started on, on Game Pass. I played it. I beat it, and now it's leaving. I'm going to buy it. Yeah. yeah. And so. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it's like the urge is there. If a game is good enough, like I will pay for extra content. Like, um, the Jump Force, maybe not the greatest games, but I ended up buying that season pass on Game Pass for it, um, and getting that additional characters because hey, I wanted to play with All Might, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so th- that was something I ended up doing, and then like I ended up buying. Um, jump force off of Game Pass. I think that. Game Pass is great for that. And I think games, actually games that are dissimilar to Jump Force and and mm-hmm. and Final Fantasy, but similar to Outriders, is that I think Game Pass is perfect for games that 
do have a life afterwards. So your Outriders, your Borderlands, I mean, your Destinies and stuff like that, where, like you said, if Outriders releases content and it's paid content, because I've played it as much as I have as part of my Game Pass subscription, I'm more than willing to grab that content. Now, let's say if you want to, you know, put your corporate hat on and be real nefarious, you leave Outriders on for a year on Game Pass. Six months in to that year, you start releasing paid content, right? Then at the end of that year, it's leaving. I've already paid for paid content. I'm buying that game, right? And so not that they need any more ideas, (laughs) but I think that that's the kind of stuff that it's perfect for. And that's how you make Game Pass viable as a company. There's somewhere at Square just listening to this podcast, just taking notes. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Just like... Like, this is our work print for yeah. <laughs> Outriders. The work print initiative. Yes. Exactly. I was, I just, my wife, after WandaVision, my wife decided that she was going to watch all of the MCU. Mm-hmm. And she, we just finished uh, Captain Marvel. Okay. And so she's You're got, almost there, yeah, then. she's got Endgame next. And then we're going to start Falcon and Winter Soldier um, and, and fit the Far From Home in at some point as well but i just needed her before we started falcon and winter soldier to get since she had already started to get through endgame um and so yeah it just reminded me of that because at the end that's where you find out how why he named it the avenger initiative or whatever it's because of carol avenger danvers oh yeah <laughs> oh god um i the funny thing about watching the mcu again is that there are movies that I wasn't as high on the first time I watched them that watching them again now is like, oh no, yeah, they're like outside of maybe Thor 2 and Iron Man 2, in my opinion, they don't miss. And the Ant-Man movies are criminally underrated. People don't talk about those movies enough because both of them are absolutely fantastic. I remember really liking the first one. And then the second one, I think, came after Infinity War. And I was just right. like... I was like, but what is this? Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it's hard to follow yeah, up Infinity War, yeah. right? So yeah, it, it's it should have come out before Infinity War, but I kind of understand. Like, like yeah, you could have done it before Infinity War, and it would still have been fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, then you, then you can't have that post credit scene the way they have it. But yeah. Anyway, now we're on. The, that's for a, a different <laughs> podcast that will resurrect. Maybe definitely not. Um, I think <laughs> that not. wraps it up for this week. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I've been streaming again. If you want to come check me out, my hours are a little sporadic right now. I try to, if I'm at home and working from home, I tend to stream in the morning from like nine o'clock Eastern until 2 PM. And then sometimes I try to get on for a late night stream at 10 PM to one or two, whenever I actually fall asleep. So you can find me on Twitter, on Twitch basically everywhere at sunnyvice20, S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0. If you happen to catch the stream and you're in there, don't be shy. Hop in the chat. Let me know you listen to the podcast. And I'd like to get to a point where, you know, if I, like I said, I'm doing this because I want to create content again. I just want to get back into the flow of it. But if I do start to have regular viewers and stuff like that, I'd love to play games with them, you know? And so kind of build out this work print family some no definitely uh, i definitely want to get back to streaming i just need to figure out a time um to do it where my life isn't consumed <laughs> with work. 
Um, there is that game, Rain on Your Parade, that comes out. I don't know if there's online multiplayer for it, but it's kind of like one of those um, moving out uh, overcooked style uh-huh. games. So maybe that'd be something fun to stream. Yeah, I mean, and I'm hoping to get a group together soon. We'll stream some Project Winter again. Because oh, yeah. I think that game is so much fun and so good to stream. But So that's yeah. where you can find me. Bilal, what about you? Where can people find you? You can find me over at on Twitter at Bilal underscore Mian, B-I-L-A-L underscore M-I-A-N. And uh, you can always follow the work print at everything, or the work print, uh, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. So yeah, so uh, works. that is to say you can follow everywhere it's yeah. at <laughs> the work print. Yeah. Okay. I, I as I said that I was like, <laughs> what? The, uh, did that cause confusion? Maybe. Yeah, it's alright. Now it happens. All right. Well, that ends this week. Until next time. Bye bye. Bye bye.